John Davies has a method, an approach he systematically developed over a career spanning three decades. He's proven it to be invaluable for dozens of industries and thousands of projects facing public acceptance. Up until now, the method has only been available to his select client list. John is unpacking his insight and wealth of knowledge to overcome opposition and earn public support for the first time right here. Throughout these episodes, we'll take a deep dive step-by-step step with John into his strategies to overcome opposition and create support. Nothing is free in this world, but good ideas are priceless. The show could be just the thing you've been looking for. I'm Mark Sylvester. Now, let's get started and talk with John. Welcome back to the show. John, uh, this week, I want to talk about the second step in the, you know, the applied action here, which is dreams and fear. So we spent this time listening and we learned that you get these findings and you, and a bunch of you aggregate and listen to 25 hour long episodes. You read those transcripts, the verbatims, I think you called them. Right. And then you've come up with some answers, but now it's about dreams and fears. Why do you call it dreams and fears? Well, let's let's look back on the listening. So my deal is the first step is listen, but we call it listen first. And the idea is know what others think. Don't tell them what you think. And, and you know, if you stop for a second and you think how any human in action would be so much better if someone wanted to know what you thought or how you felt about something and then addressed you from that point of view. It changes everything, right? And so if they know your dreams and your fears in a, in a personal conversation. Everything changes because they're on your side now. They're thinking about you, if, especially if they're trying to persuade you or they're trying to build a relationship with you or even better, if they have a relationship and they really love you and want to hang out with you, and they want to help you because that's what they're doing that night. You're having dinner. They understand what your dreams and fears are in life and they, wanna, they want you to melt the fears away and help you achieve your dreams. So... That's, that's what this is all about. So for us, it's about their dreams and their fears, not yours. So it's not about your dream to build a wind farm. And as a project manager or a, a, a land act manager, it's not about your dream of getting this wind farm done in a timely manner and get the check the box. This is your third one. You're now on your, on your way to be a serious player in the industry. That's not the dream that we're talking about. And it's not your fear that this is going to go on for five years and it's going to fail and you're going to have a failure. That's not their fear. That's yours. So we got to focus on their dreams and fears. What's going on? So when we go through the research and read the verbatims we talked about last time, we, we make findings, five to nine findings. We find ourselves in the seven category. We get to nine, feel like we haven't really addressed the findings. When you get too many, it's like you you haven't dug in deep enough. I mean, if you have 30 findings, what it just it doesn't mean anything. So get to the top five, seven findings that really matter. And they're about how these people in this community look at their life and the community and what are they what are they really worried about? 
Are there some universal findings? I've got to imagine you've done this so much that there are some things that you're going to expect to hear and that when you either you hear them, you go, yep, I knew that, or now I'm starting to listen for what we call the unusual thing. I didn't expect to hear that. Okay. The answer is yes and no. And let me explain. Yes being that there are things that you're going to, they have fear. In most places, it's that wind is going, is rural. You know, we're not doing wind farms in downtown LA. And so it's rural and it's a place where the wind blows. So it's someplace flat. And so a lot of that is farm country. And so, yeah, you know, we're worried about where that farming's going. Or uh, we've been losing family farms. And sometimes it's a farm's booming and we're worried about anything that could impact it. But there's a subtlety in each community. Some communities that are closer to urban areas, there's a fear not just that they're losing family farms at you know ten percent a decade or twenty percent a decade. It's the 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 folks that have moved there from urban areas, they love the farms. They move there for a change. They don't love the farmers, they don't love the crops, they don't love the industrialization. They love looking at the open space. So it's a whole different game. So every place based on demographics, have a totally different point of view. So the more we do it, the more you go beyond the obvious. And I think that's the beauty of us having done this method for 25 years, is we go so far beyond the obvious. And then, but our, our statements are simple, they're straightforward. Uh, we have a pile of findings we've done for the industry at a whole that are interesting and you know, maybe we should do a little podcast or maybe, I don't know, Mark, maybe we should do an offering of, uh, of sending out those findings that we've learned doing you know, dozens upon dozens of these all over the country, well, the overall finding. Why don't we put that in the show notes? Okay, that'd be great. Let's do that. I, I'd be more than willing. I think we have like 15, 20 findings that have been overall looking at it. So the whole idea of looking at the dreams and fears is to get to a message. It's not to say, oh my gosh, everyone in this town is really worried. And so wh what type of message are we looking for? Uh, so we have a winning message and a losing message, or is in the past, I used to call it, we have an agenda of debate. One is a winning one and one is a losing one. So if you and I are going to play a game of chance for a year's income, we each put a year's income on the table and I'm amazing backgammon player. Well, let's say you're amazing backgammon player. You look like a better backgammon player than me. You play backgammon for blood, and I play chess, and I'm really a good chess player. What game do you want to play? I want to play backgammon. So why do you play chess every time I get into a debate with you about something? That's what happens in the industry. So the people that are opposed to win they're great backgammon players. I'm a great chess player. They start playing backgammon, I go over there and start arguing with them. So our winning message is our best winning agenda of debate. If we can, we can discuss this winning message, it enables us to win because we talk about it. And if they're fighting with us and debating with us, it doesn't matter. So, oh, I don't believe that this is really going to help farmers. Well, we're not talking about them debating how many birds are killed by a wind turbine versus cats, because that's a losing agenda for us. We don't want to go over there and debate that. We have to deal with it at points, but we want to talk about 
how much money the farmer's going to get, how we got to help them succeed. Which is a dream. You got it. Which is their dream. So, so the dreams and fears we turn into a message. So our winning message is our authentic story. So our authentic story of who we are. So what does that mean? When you say who's the we in this story? The we is, is us, is, is our authentic story, how we're going to address them. What are we going to do to address these dreams and fears? And so it becomes a story of our purpose and our purpose of what we're doing. And in our purpose is we, we want to do a wind farm. And to do a wind farm, we've got to be part of you and your community, and we want to stay here. And it's a story of our purpose. And our purpose tells people why, not how, and not, and, and not when or what. Now, you had said, you know, listen first, tell, know what others think, don't tell them what to think. So now that you've found out what they've thought, you've figured out these findings, you want to come up with this authentic story. But early, in an earlier episode, you explained something called DOS. So where does DOS figure in now? Are you, are you, are you saying that I forgot probably to explain one of the most important things that we do? Well, I'm, I, I, you don't forget a thing, John, because you, you're quite good at that. I just thought that yeah. DOS, no, is, DOS is where we, we connect the dots Right. Here. So, so we do the findings, and uh, you know, we present these to our clients, and sometimes I see their eyes glaze over. Sometimes they get really excited. The findings are really important to us. So we take it then and we go into a DOS. And I talked about this before, DOS being the, the, the strengths, weaknesses, threats, and opportunities, whatever this SWAT that, you, that most people do. We call it DOS, and it comes from a man named Dan Sullivan from the Strategic Coach. I love the simplicity of it. So DOS dangers. What are the external threats? What are the opinions that people can have that will kill the project? And so if, if the conversation is dominated by the fear of a wind farm, we're going to lose. So what are they? How do we, how do we get through those? I could imagine, because you know I'm so visual, I would, I would, what I would love to see is a DOS map. You know what a storyboard is, an right. emotional board. And I would love to see a color board of the conversation where all of the dangers were in red and all of the opportunities were in green, and all the or the, and all the strengths were in blue, and be able to look at the caliber of the conversations that way. That would be that would be really interesting. That would be fun to do. And uh, we have a we have limited attention spans for people, so I would love to do that. And uh, and I'll come back to something we do like that in in a second. So the danger. So we do three, just three. It's a declarative sentence. Example. Uh, DOS, you know, if, if this is, let me jump to a housing one because this will keep me out of telling people and win something that may not be true for them. Uh, high rise, high rise rental uh, uh, begins a xenophobia fear that if we do a high rise, a high rise apartment in some communities, high rise, four stories, some places, 12, you create a xenophobia that there are going to be people that aren't like us that are going to move in there. And then that goes to, so if we're defined that doing taller buildings means there's going to be people coming there that aren't like us, we lose. We got to redefine that. So that's a danger. That's a danger. That's a serious danger. So we got to work on changing And you that. have to figure out what the top three are. We got, and you know, sometimes you'll have like 10 between three or four of us and you got to look at them. Some of them get eliminated because they're not that important. 
I mean, if if the top if the other ones come true, the other the the lower ones don't matter. So this feels like it's a bridge between listen and dreams and fears as we understand that exactly. So what what it is? It's a bridge between the findings, so between the research and the messaging. So we come out we come out of the research with findings. We come out with dangers. Opportunities are similar to dangers. There are things that are external. They can be internal. There are things that we haven't thought about, talked about in the past or knew about that we can use to help tell our story. Are there different... So I'm thinking the messaging is really... That's the the pot of gold here, right? right? That's the secret sauce. But are there different types of messages within the messaging? Yeah, so we, we get done with with the three, the dangers, opportunities, strengths. And and strengths are always, oh, yeah, of course, um, because they're there. But you got to repeat them because they help. Then we translate that into a core message. Straightforward, 25, 30 words. Oh. Short. Now, that isn't going to be put on the front page of a, of a brochure, but it's going to help define how you create the creative crafting of a word. Is that like a, um, I, I think of, you know, I've worked on projects where we had this guiding message. Exactly. Right, a guiding totally, thought. Totally. It's like you could, you know, you may not put it uh, on the front page of the paper, but I certainly would make a huge poster and put it up in my war room or, or my conference exactly. room. Exactly. And, and part of it is, is for the internal team. You know, working on projects where people have been going for two years and this is what we want to talk about. Well, that doesn't work. We've, we've got to change what we talk about. So the first persuasion I have to do is with our client team. This is what we talk about. You know what they say? They say first sales to yourself. You've got to sell yourself first, yeah. And that's what we have to sell to our team. Isn't that ironic? Oh, it, it, my favorite part is getting on conference calls in the first few months and our client goes, oh, John, I know you're going to get mad at me today. You're going to yell at me because this is what I think. And uh, and I'm on the call for 15, 20 minutes for an hour and a half call and the, other, the rest of the team's on it. And I look over at someone, I, go, I point at them, no, you got to get mad at them today. And the deal is we're not mad at them, but the deal is, yeah, I know that feels good, doesn't it? To say those things, but it doesn't help us win. And if it doesn't help us win, why even talk about it? So we have a core message, 25 and to 30 words. Are there, are there other messages? Then, then sub-messages. So how we do this, and sometimes we share it with the clients, sometimes it doesn't work, is for the three dangers, the, three, the opportunities, three strengths, we write a message. We write a message to inoculate on the dangers, how to take advantage of the opportunities, and how to share the strengths. So we write those. Even if we're just writing emails between one another, and that helps us form a core, and then the sub messages a lot of times are play off the dan- uh, the opportunities and the strengths, but not always. I mean, sometimes some of the strengths don't become a uh, a written thought because it's just a given, and then we have the inoculation message. What's an inoculation message? Well, when you when you don't want to get the flu. Right. What do you do? I get a flu shot. Right. So we're taking a little flu shot, and then we're bridging to a better a better answer. So we're 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 this is sort of part of the the acknowledge, but we need we need to deal with problems that we're going to face as someone's going to bring up, and we need to move on from there, 
And so we, we inoculate for a future problem. And if you watch presidential debates, good presidential debaters will inoculate for some issues. They'll change the subject. They'll refocus. My favorite is Ross Perot, one of the greatest ones in history. And just like he, he did it, the only reason that he was in a race, he said, I may not have any experience. I don't have any experience in running up a trillion dollar debt. I don't have any experience in creating the worst <laughs> education system in, in, in all the developed world. I don't have any, and he just went on, but I do have experience in getting things done. That's an inoculation. So I've got a core message, I've got sub messages, and I have inoculation messages. However, I've got to say that two teams of people given the same findings, some are going to come up with messaging. You read this and you're like, oh my God, that is brilliant. And some, it's just, they don't get it. I, I, I feel like there's something else you're leaving out here on, like, how do I, is it just good writing skills? Is it good listening? What is it that makes that message great? I think it's an economy of words. I think it's the simplicity, and we don't like adjectives and adverbs in our copy. As much as we can, we try to take them Give out. Give me an example of with and without. Well, um, I mean, well, let's, let's just think of what an adjective does. I tell you, uh, this is the most beneficial project in the history of Indiana. And instead, it is uh, clean energy, support for farms, tax revenue for schools. Those are those sub-messages without right. adjectives. Right. And w what happens when you use verbs and nouns that make sense? Where do the adjectives and adverbs come from? The listener, the reader. Oh, that'd be great. That's that's fantastic. You want them to we make the adjectives. We want them the to make the conclusion and add to the adjectives. The superlatives, I guess you would say, if it's really great. And and you see that happen when you meet with people one-on-one -on -one and you share something. They add it. I mean, if you tell something, someone, this is a really, really amazing project for you, what's the first thing they start doing? Yeah, maybe it's not that amazing. Exactly. How do you define amazing? So, so we we're tell focused them, on amazing. Right. We're focused on amazing instead of that it's going to do X, X, and X and make this happen. So we talked about that in our, th right. like our third, fourth show, we were talking about bridging and we were talking about benefits and, and all of that. So, so the right. messaging is really, again, bringing it's, all it's that a, together. So this, right? this point brings together the listening yes. and the method. So this is really the method we talked about, the acknowledge, contrast, embrace, engage, and bridge. And that's where it all comes together in a message. And how do you do it in a really short headline? So well, a real estate- it's a, a tweet or a hashtag. Well, no, it's, le it's less. I mean, sometimes it's three, four words. That's, I, I, I am so appreciative of people who can do that. It's the distillation. It's almost the poetry of communication. It, it, it is, and we don't have, and the, the, the deal for us is usually one spread in a fact book that we do that will have a lot of information. And, and we do that for the person who likes to go, remember Pier 1, the store? Sure. Have you ever looked at Pier 1's ads and Pier 1's store? They're exactly the same. 
cluttered, full of stuff, columns all over. Go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, I, you go to Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, or Container Store. I, I can go walk around Container Store all day. I'm fine. I go to Bed Bath & Beyond. I start itching. I start worrying about the consumerism of my family, the junk everywhere. I can't handle it. But there are people that they're attracted to that. And so when we do a page, we do these minimalist pages with simple graphics that tell our story in a photo, a headline, and 25 words a copy or a graph. We're appealing to certain people. We're getting a message through everyone. But there's a point we need to put some more information on a page for the people who like that feel like you need more stuff. For more information, go to thedaviesmethod.com, for instance, right, right? Exactly. if you want to learn more. So this is one of those longer lessons where we really had to dig in. Let me share one other thing, if I can, a, a recent real estate project. In, and it's in a community where the fear that I sort of talked about, that more people, taller building. And uh, the fear was you know, more, more cars, more people, roads filled, grocery store crowded, you know, people just, the, the Bay Area is where this is in Silicon Valley, and it's just booming, right? I mean, it's just booming. People are getting tired of all the people. Well, the dream is they have this downtown that hasn't worked. And it sat vacant for 12, 15 years, and a couple developers have tried and crashed. Well, we're going to fulfill the dream, and for most people, it, that will overcome their fear of a taller building. So, that's how the dreams and fears can work together. Because you can't always just dismiss the fears or inoculate. Sometimes you have to overcome it with a bigger dream. I want to end it right there. I love that. that you can't always get rid of the fear. You just have to overcome it with a bigger dream. John, thank you so much. I know our, our next lesson is around getting the message out. And I know you've got some key tips on that. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you for listening. It's now your opportunity and responsibility to use the method today. You've completed one segment toward understanding the Davies Method. We look forward to you subscribing. Join us as we uncover and explain the nuances of John's distinctive approach. For more episodes, visit thedaviesmethod.com. I'm Mark Sylvester, recording at the Pull String Press Studios in Santa Barbara, California. 